The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello again, everybody. It's Steve Alexander with Raphael Johnson. Today's Thursday. February 17th. Rob, you know, I know how what day it is because my wife is out of town for business all week. So I've been in charge of getting my kids to and fro certain places. And, and believe it or not, we were late to school this morning uh, because I didn't get up in time. Ooh. So it's all on me. It's my fault. <laughs> but, you know, you're up all night clocking uh, the Knicks blowing 30 point leads. And it, it's hard to sleep after you witness something like that. Yeah, yeah. Great to have to relive that. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. The, the New York Knicks were up 28 points on the Brooklyn Nets. Ralph, I know you don't want to talk about this, but we're going to. They were up 18 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, and a, a dude named Cam Thomas took over in the fourth quarter, scored 16 points, hit his first six to seven shots, hit a dagger of a three-pointer late, and and – the Knicks have now, Roth, blown three 20-point leads in the last seven games and 12 days, and they lost all three of those games in which they held 20-point leads. What What is happening? They're not a very good basketball team. Like I'm not really sure what else you can say at this point. Um, Julius Randle had a really good stat line, but for some reason he only attempted four shots in the fourth quarter last night. Uh, we saw something similar happen with Quentin Grimes in the Portland debacle, where he didn't take a shot the last 15 minutes after scoring 20 points. They need to figure out the rotation in terms of getting the younger guys more minutes, which is going to be tough to do given the head coach and his preference for playing his guys, playing more experienced guys. They're three and a half out of the 10th spot in the East, which is currently held by the Hawks. And they've got a brutally tough schedule coming up out of the All-Star break. I don't know, man. You'd hope that some of those guys who are older that really don't need to be playing because they, they really aren't future pieces for that franchise, you would hope that their minutes would decrease or they drop out of the rotation. But I'm afraid that that's not going to happen. Well, and you know, Thib, Thibs is, man, he's rough right now. And, you know, Mark Berman is just going all in on him on this, mm-hmm. on this R.J. Barrett injury. Like, why was R.J. Barrett playing – 50 minutes a night and in the game with 16 seconds left when it didn't matter. And, you know, he sprained his ankles. He's been out for four games. Like nothing is going right for the Knicks. And it's, it seems like that happens a lot. And uh, it's just, it's too bad. One, one day, one day, Roth, they'll get it together. Speaking of, of things not going right. I don't know if you were watching that Lakers game when Anthony Davis went down, but mm-hmm. I mean, his ankle turned all the way over. I'm kind of surprised it didn't break. It's a right ankle. To me, like, I think his regular season is 
completely in jeopardy. We, we may not see him again until the playoffs. Some people are saying he might miss two weeks. We're, we we kind of need to wait and see what the MRI says to see how much ligament damage there is there. But when you see guys turn their ankle over that hard, you know, Reggie Miller and I like to say that that looks like a monther. And to me, like, I, I, I think – I think we may not see Anthony Davis play again in the fantasy season. It may not be till the playoffs. Yeah, it was reported this morning that he'll miss at least two weeks. At least that's the expectation. And like you said, you know, because so many leagues want to avoid silly season and everything that that can do to fantasy leagues, there's a good chance if you have him and you're counting on him to be a key part of a playoff run, you're going to need to find some alternatives. You look at that Lakers roster, I'm not really sure there are too many. You know, Malik Monk, 50% rostered right now. His numbers tend to go up when Davis is sat throughout the course of the season. Maybe Russell Westbrook, you get some sort of resurgence from him. But in terms of position, you're not going to find a like-for-like like on that roster if you're looking to make up for Davis's absence. No, it just means LeBron. LeBron is going to go crazy every night he plays. Malik Monk, I, I like that idea because right now I, Malik Monk's like very borderline uh, guy, whether you want to hang on to him or not, or he was. But now that Davis is hurt, I think you you lean towards holding on to, to Monk. Maybe Taylor, Taylor Horton Tucker does something, but last night he played 31 minutes and hit one of six shots. Burned by that man a few times too many this season. Never and again. They've got DeAndre Jordan sitting over there wasting away, and they've also got Dwight Howard. So, I mean, there's there's guys that are going to see more minutes, but there's just not a lot to help your fantasy team uh, out with the loss of Davis. And it's rare that a superstar like that goes down. And you look at the roster and like, well, sorry, there's nobody that's going to – there's no one that's going to step mm-hmm. up because usually there is – there's a guy sitting on the bench, Jaden McDaniels or somebody like waiting, waiting to, to play, but not this time. No. Donnie Mitch, Spider-Man, had five three-pointers, 37 points, dominated that game for the Utah Jazz last night, but uh, they got beat by the Lakers because LeBron had 33 and 15 in the fourth. Rudy Gobert was really weird hmm. in that game, uh, five points, Limited minutes, and uh, it's kind of a strange game. But uh, Mike Conley, what is he doing? He's he's really not doing much lately, Ralph. He um, he had hit two of nine shots last night for six points and five assists. Like Mike Conley and Monty Morris were sort of like late round point guards that you could you could survive with having them in your lineup. But Monty Morris has been hurt now. Conley's not doing anything. Uh, what do you do with, with Mike Conley? I think you're in a tough spot if you have him rostered. Like, you know, that this kind of goes back to what you did in your draft. If you drafted a high-level point guard that's healthy and consistently producing, you, you should be okay. But if you kind of, you know, waited a bit in your draft to pick point guards and ended up with someone who may, may only be serviceable at best, in addition to Mike Conley, then you're in a bit of trouble because he's not a player that you're just going to outright drop, I don't think, unless you're in a really shallow league. But standard leagues, you still kind of have to hold on to him. And the other thing that's concerning is that Mitchell has gotten better in terms of facilitating and running a team. So there's another there's another option at Quinn Snyder's disposal where he may be able to sit Conley a few more minutes than he normally would. So 
it's definitely concerning. I just don't know where you're going to find alternatives. You're not going to get too much for him in a trade either. So Yeah, it, it's weird. Or if you picked up uh, Anthony Simons in the middle of the season, you're probably, you're probably doing okay. But, yeah, Conley, Conley's been kind of rough lately. Uh, Chris Paul hurt his right hand, then got ejected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I one of his teammates said after the game they talked to Chris and and he's fine. That teammate was is not a real doctor, so I I don't know. I I think Chris Paul is fine. Um, if he were to miss time, would you consider picking up Aaron Holiday? I would, uh, just because you've got Cameron Payne's out as well. Alfred Payton only played three minutes last night. I think they figured out quite early that he was not going to be that fill-in answer as the backup point guard, which is why they acquired Aaron Holiday in that trade. They also got they got Torrey Craig in a separate trade, I should say. So nine points, three rebounds, six assists, and a steal with one three-pointer in 20 minutes for Holiday. You're not going to expect high-level production from him if Paul has to sit, but if you need another point guard in the bench, I think he's probably the guy that you're going to want to strongly consider picking up, and I think I would personally. Ralph, we got late news uh, last night that Kevin – Porter Jr. and Christian Wood were both out for the Rockets. So mm-hmm. I think almost like a, like a marching band, the Ohio State marching band, where you've got the camera from up above and everybody's moving, synchronized and moving together. I think all of us picked up our phones and moved in the same pace and went to our FanDuel lineups and started looking for Houston Rockets to plug into our lineup when, when that news broke. And uh, Alperin Shangun was the, the obvious first choice. Um, the choices I made were not quite as good as they could have been. I kind of thought that, um, well, shoot, I'm going to, I'm going to have trouble coming up with names right now, but I thought KJ Martin might be a guy who would go off, uh, Dennis Schroeder at that point was still questionable. So I didn't, I wasn't really comfortable playing him, but the, the KJ Martin thing did not work out. However, Schroeder, Schroeder went off and Alperin Shingun had, had a career night, uh, 19 points, 14 boards, three assists, two steals, block three triples, 28 minutes. Uh, we've been talking about him literally every round ball stew, uh, episode this season. Mm-hmm. Is it finally time, or does he go right back under a rock when Christian Wood comes back? I think it's time. Um, congratulations to all the managers who held out on Shingun. You didn't drop him. He's only 37% rostered in Yahoo, so if you, if you dropped him, you may want to check your waiver wire because there's a good chance he's available still. But, yeah, it's time. You know, Houston's nowhere near contending for a play-in tournament spot. They pretty much know what they've got in Christian Wood. And I think part of the, the decision to move Daniel Tice was to clear up minutes for Shangun eventually. So it's go time for him. And that was a really good performance he put forth last night. Yeah, it was. I mean, congratulations if you had Shangun, but man, it's been a long if you've had had him all season, it's that's a long time to wait for one mm-hmm. big night. But hopefully, hopefully there's a lot more of those coming the rest of the way. And then as far as Dennis Schroeder goes, I think he's in the exact same boat. They know what they have in Dennis Schroeder. They know what they have in K- KPJ also, but I think uh, everybody wants to see K- KPJ out there. And he's actually been playing a little bit better lately. I think um, he's still a bit of a mystery, though, in terms of the position. You know, they're trying to mold him into a point guard. So I think that's all the more reason why he'll play plenty once he's healthy enough to go. 
the one concern of Schroeder is always when he decides in his mind that it's Dennis time. Um, obviously, there's a reason to do that last night, just because they're limited numbers. But you get Porter in there, you got Jalen Green. You just kind of hope that they kind of t- limit his minutes once that time comes. Uh, Bogey Bogdanovich for my streaking red hot Atlanta Hawks, who have won two straight games. Bogey uh, had 23 points, four triples, six boards. His shot is lights out right now. Like, he has looked great in February. He's looked great since coming back from that injury. Ralph, you noted he's 26th in nine cat over the last two weeks. Do you think that Bogdanovich is a sell high guy, or do you think he's a guy you you hold on to with dear life right now? I'm kind of in the middle on him. And, and I think that the answer to that question will largely depend upon the state of your, your roster as a whole. At this point, you can probably get decent value for him. That being said, it's a bit difficult to sell a bench player to, to other managers, you know. So that may be the issue there. But I think I'm leaning more towards like a little bit more towards holding on to him, see how far he can take this thing. I don't know if trading in fantasy is a lost art, but nobody trades anymore yeah. in my, in my yeah. leagues. Uh, so, I, I mean, it's, it's either um, – hold on to bogey or, or hit the waiver wire. I don't think the fact he comes off the bench should be too big of a deterrent mm-hmm. in being able to move him because he's, he's the numbers sort of speak for themselves. So uh, I, I'm kind of into bogey right now. I'm, I'm holding him uh, if I can get him on Yuka Let's keep in mind the, the Hawks are up by 30 that entire game last yeah. night and nobody played in the fourth quarter. And, and most of the starters didn't even play in the th- much in the third quarter. So Kongwu got an extended look last night. He went for 12-6, a couple blocks, 20 minutes. I mean, I love that kid. I I really like what he's doing for the Hawks, but he's going to be really hard to rely on until we get uh, Clint Capella out of the way. Yeah, no, I don't think that's going to happen anytime <laughs> soon. <so. laughs> no, nah, not anytime soon. Um, like I said, the Hawks are 10th right now. They're, they're trying to win games and get in solidify a, a spot in the playoffs. So uh, they're going to be playing hard. Uh, speaking of Clint Capella, though, where has he been? Like his his last – his February has been really bad. A lot of single-digit rebounds, a lot of single-digit um, scoring. And I don't know if it's just because the offense is not as centered around him as it was last year, if Akangwu's eating into his, into his stuff. But he's just – I have not been getting a lot of uh, Capella – text from uh, Jared this year. Cam Thomas kind of talked about it already at the top, but what a fourth quarter that kid had, man. He went off. They didn't even use him really in the, in the first half of that game. And I, I, I'm friends with a guy. We'll call him Lola roof on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And he, he's like, where is Cam Thomas? Why are you not playing Cam Thomas? Really? You're playing Javon Carter. What, What is happening? And then, uh, Cam Thomas sort of went nuts in the fourth quarter, single-handedly won that game for Brooklyn, I think. He's been playing really well, Ralph, but, I mean, as much as I love him and as much as I want him to remain relevant, when Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant come trotting out, what happens to Cam Thomas? Yeah, I think at that point, he's going to be a, pretty much a non-starter in most fantasy leagues. Um, he was 9-21 from the field last night. That's not great, but... He can get, as we saw last night, he can get hot at a moment's notice. Um, that first half, he was he didn't fail to put up shots. He just didn't make many of them. Um, then he got rolling, and that's when the game turned. So 
I think right now you definitely want to have him rostered just because of how shorthanded the Nets are and also the number of home games that they're going to have, which also keeps Kyrie Irving out of the lineup. So there are plenty of shots available for him. And you're just going to have to, you know, eat the field goal percentage on some nights there. But the high, you know, the reward is far greater than the risk, I think, given the status of their current rotation. We're going to talk Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and LaMarcus Aldridge when we come back after the break. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, the Home Depot. How doers get more done. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons. All handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. NBC Sports Edge Plus is giving you an NBA midseason offer. Get 20% off an Edge Plus annual subscription throughout February when you use promo code STU20. Finish your fantasy regular season strong at one low price. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus. Use promo code STU20 at checkout and save today. Uh, all right, Ralph. Seth Curry's played two games for the Nets. He scored 20-plus points in both of those, had six triples last night. It looks like he's about as good a shooter as his brother is. I know that, that Curry's Steph Curry's on a different level, but mm-hmm. Seth Curry's uh, no slouch, as they said in Caddyshack. Andre Drummond, 11 points, 19 boards. LaMarcus Aldridge, his second double-double of the season, 18 points, 10 boards. Aldridge is at 51% rostered right now. I was a Aldridge guy. Like he was on a couple of my teams. He got hurt. I think it was an ankle injury. He was gone forever. Most of us ran out of patience, threw him back on the, on the wire. Uh, now he's playing again. He's playing pretty well. Again, I don't know what happens to Aldridge once Nick Claxton decides to start playing. Now that Aldridge is there, KD and Ben Simmons coming back eventually. Uh, where are you at with Aldridge right now? I think for now, Aldridge is a player that you should have rostered. Their parents going with a two-man rotation at center between he and Drummond. And Drummond, maybe it's the fit of the jersey, but it seems like he's got a little bit to work off there uh, from a physical fitness standpoint, so to speak. But um, Aldridge is getting plenty of minutes, and he's giving him good scoring. So I think for now, you definitely need to have him. We'll see what happens with Claxton is I don't see them playing three centers 
know, down the way. You've got Blake Griffin back in the rotation. He's pretty much been playing exclusively at the four since that trade. So I think Aldridge is a, a decent play to have right now. But we'll see what happens once everybody's healthy, like you said. Okay. Uh, rough. Gary Payton, two, 12 points. What, six steals last night? Three-pointer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he got hurt. I think he hurt his, his leg during that game. But he, he returned from that injury, so he should be okay. Gary Payton's sort of been one of those guys that's been intriguing all year, but I, it, you pick him up and then he has a dud and then you let him go. It just seems like he's bouncing on and off of rosters all over the place. Can you rely on Gary Payton at all? I lean no, just because of how Steve Kerr has kind of operated the back end of that rotation. Like some nights it'll be Gary Payton a second playing. Others will see more of Damian Lee. Obviously Damian Lee didn't play last night, but it kind of goes back and forth in that one. So I can't really trust him. You know, I mean, you have the questions with Otto Porter and Andre Godala as well. So, yeah, I, I can't really trust him. He had a great night for people who may have rolled the dice on him last night in terms of the six deals. But, yeah, I can't really, really roll with GP2 right now. What about Johnny Kuminga? Where do you stand on him? I think he's in the same boat. We've seen definitely seen some flashes from him, but how that rotation's kind of shifted around because of injuries and, and matchups and the like. Yeah, I can't really go all in on trusting Kaminga at this point. I'm not going to say I'm all in on trusting Kaminga, but to me, he's a guy that's had enough solid efforts uh, in February that I'm kind of sold on him. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to drop Kaminga. I just feel like, yeah, he's going to have some inconsistency, but Roth, he's scored in double digits in every game in February. That is six. That's eight straight games of double digits points. Uh, he's got a block in four straight. He's got a steal in three of his last four. He's not putting up double digit rebounding numbers, but I'm okay with that. He's hit two threes in four of those eight games. I, I don't know, man. The minutes, they're, he's over 20 every night. Sometimes he's close to 30. Draymond Green, we got an update on Wednesday that. Yeah, he's going to be back after the break. He's going to play again this season, but we really don't know when. So I'm riding Kuminga until uh, Draymond Gre- uh, Green comes back and knocks his wheels off. That's fine. I think it just might be a case where if you have him, you hold on to him. But I don't know if you rush out to pick him up if you don't have him. Depends on what's on your waiver wire, I think. Yeah. But I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, to me, I picked uh, I picked up Kuminga in a couple – you know, at the end of end of January, and I mean, I've been pretty pleased with yeah. with what he's done. So as long as he's getting getting enough minutes to score and, and rebound a little bit, I'm, I'm cool with that. Our time lord and savior <laughs> has been out. He was out last night anyway. Grant Williams got the start. He's missed what well, time lord's missed a couple games, right? Robert Williams, uh, I believe uh, he just missed the two. I think it was two games. But. I feel like two is right. Uh, Grant Williams started. 17 points, three boards, a couple three, four three-pointers and two blocks for Grant Williams. What do, you, what do you make of him right now? I think he's worth streaming until Robert is back. How long that'll be, we'll see what happens after the break. But I kind of feel like Robert's going to be back after the break. So I think you can afford to wait here. You know, he's only Grant is only 5% roster in Yahoo League, so I don't think there's – there's a need to rush out and pick him up for streaming 
availability. But if something, some news were to drop during this weekend, like, well, Robert's going to miss more time, that's when you go out and get Grant Williams. But I think I'm going to hold off on, on rushing out to pick him up right now. Prof, my my voice might be getting ready to go. So um, if if I uh, disappear, you you just keep rolling. I'll be uh, back. Uh, Sadiq Bay, twenty points, eleven boards, six assists, five triples. Man, so that's like I I've, I read a stat last night. I didn't write it down, but that's he's had a bunch of twenty ten five games mm-hmm. this season. Sometimes he'll shoot like three of 20 and kill your percentage. But overall, I've been really happy with, with what Sadiq Bey has done this season. He's been a third rounder over the last couple of weeks. Where do you see him next year? Is he like, are you targeting him in like round 10? Do you think there's going to be some hype on him round eight? What, what are you thinking? I'm leaning more towards round 10 at this point. Obviously he's currently 90th in nine cap for the season as a whole. But I, I kind of need to see what the Pistons are going to do in the offseason. Uh, the Jeremy Grant question, you know, what happens with him? Obviously, they didn't trade him at the deadline, but that's kind of where Sadiq's run started when Jeremy was out, and he's kind of just carried that on once Grant returned. So I think that's the big question mark that myself, maybe a few other fantasy managers are going to want to have answered going into draft season. So I'm leaning more 10th round as opposed to 8th, but – if you wanted to tell me that he's a top 100 pick, no doubt, I wouldn't have an issue with that given how he's played recently. Uh, Sadiq Bay's sort of become one of my guys. I'm probably reaching for him next year. I'll probably be the guy drafting him a round or two too early. So mm-hmm. uh, that'll be entertaining for, for y'all. Uh, KCP had 27 points and five triples last night. My, my man, Jeff Snyder, that I play FanDuel against every night, <laughs> Uh, rolled with KCP last night. It ended up being the difference. Uh, it was KCP against Darius Baisley and his his ten Fanduel points, and uh, KCP destroyed Baisley there, and that uh, that was the difference in our match. Twenty six percent rostered on Contavious Caldwell Pope. Washington really doesn't have a lot of offensive weapons outside of Kyle Kuzma. They're still playing uh, my guy Thomas Bryant like. 17 minutes a night, which is really making me angry. Where do you stand on KCP? Is he somebody we should be picking up off the waiver wire? Uh, is he a streamer? What What do you think? I would call him more of a streamer, I think. And the reason why I say this is that they have some other option that they can eventually play at that spot um, if they ultimately fall out of playoff contention. They're only a game and a half behind the Hawks for 10. I think given their moves at the trade deadline, no one's really expecting the Wizards to go all out to be in the play-in tournament. So I think at that point, then you start to think, all right, Corey Kispert could probably get some more minutes. For one, maybe they let Denny Avdia play a bit more up in terms of being on a perimeter more at, at a certain point in the season. But for now, I think Caldwell Pope is worthy of a look, especially if you need that production on the perimeter. He's a bit of a wild card offensively. We've seen him have good nights like last night, and we've seen him have nights where he's basically just doing glorified cardio out there. So I don't really – I don't know. He's not the most dependable option, but I think for now, we might as well roll the dice on him. We kind of got fired up about Raul Neto and Ish Smith um, <laughs> running the point for Washington. They're not really doing much. like. 
I don't know. I don't even know if they're worth having on your roster at this point. I don't trust them enough to stream them on most nights. However, Denny Evdia, my guy who I gave up on, had moved on from, I'm not going to touch him again this year. Like He's playing really well lately. Um, 14.7 boards, two triples, a block last night. Uh, he seems like, outside of Kyle Kuzma, like the best option in Washington right now from fantasy standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. There's – which that tells you how bad things are in Washington because Denny Abdia is still still not the most reliable guy, but he has been coming on um, sort of like Kuminga and, and playing better. Like you could get convince me to put Abdia in my lineup right now, and I, I would be cool with that. Uh, so Tristan Thompson had a great night for the Pacers, 17.6 boards in a block, and then they announced after the game that he is being – uh, waived and he will join the Bulls. Any kind of fantasy implications there, Ralph? I'm just, I'm just not seeing it. Um, maybe it's good news for Isaiah Jackson, but we need to talk about Isaiah Jackson because we haven't seen him. Well, he's got, forever. yeah, he's got the ankle injury. Um, hopefully, Jackson will be back shortly after the All Star break. But yeah, getting Thompson now there is good news for him. Good news for O'Shea Brissett. Good news for Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith had a quiet night last night, but those guys are going to play plenty down the stretch. Indiana is nowhere near the playing tournament. And, you know, between Tristan Thompson being waived, and then I don't think we're going to see Miles Turner again this season. Like, simple question is why would they put him out there if he were healthy, you know? So good news for those guys. In terms of Tristan's impact on the Bulls, I don't think it'll be much. I think he's going to be – They'll probably take Tony Bradley's minutes, which will not have an impact on any fantasy league. So that's about it. Yeah, so Indiana, like this Isaiah Jackson thing is really a bummer because he was he was just getting ready to blow up. Everybody had picked him up. Everybody was ready. And then he gets hurt 30 seconds into that game. We haven't seen him yeah. in 10 days or, or longer. Um, and then when he comes back, now they've traded for Jalen Smith, who does the same thing he does. They've also got Goga still, Batanza. So you have this three-headed monster at center for the Pacers. I don't know, man. I'm I'm just not really feeling feeling any of it right now. Like I still want to believe that Jackson is going to do something, but if you have if they're going to be dividing minutes for those three guys across the board, which I think they're going to, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, man. I I just think that. It, it reminds me of uh, my my boys from Band of Horses. They got booked to play Saturday Night Live uh, like 10 years ago or eight years ago, whatever. And it was like going to be the biggest gig of their career. And they were all fired up. And then the writer's strike in California happened like a week before they were supposed to be on Saturday Night Live. And Saturday Night Live got canceled. Like it never ended up happening. I don't think they've ever been on SNL. That's sort of how I feel with Isaiah Jackson. Like it was we were on the precipice of big things and then it just, it just went away. I think he'll be fine though. That's just my hunch because we've seen him play two bigs in the past. Obviously none of these guys are on the level of a Turner and a Domantas Sabonis, but Rick Carlisle has shown the willingness to do it. And before him, uh, Nate McMillan, but they think about it. They played Jalen Smith primarily at the four last night. So that's something they can do there. And they don't have a lot of bodies at the four, especially with the Tory Craig trade to Phoenix. So 
I'm not too concerned. Uh, I think, if anything, I just don't want to hear that Jackson's going to be out for the remainder of the season. But if he's cleared to play, I'm all in on Isaiah Jackson. Hmm. Well, that'll be interesting to see. Like, I just, I just have a bad feeling, and I, I think you and Stroud, Matt Stroud, uh, are, are. Um, you guys look at the glass as half full, and I look at it usually as half empty. So. I don't have a great feeling about Jackson the rest of the way. I'm not going to tell people to drop him or not not pick him up. But, I mean, if, if you sat on him for the last two weeks, it's probably killing your team. So, I just hope he comes back and plays. I just want to see the kid play. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, man, 38 points again. What is it, seven straight 35-point games, Roth? Yep. 50% seven from the field? Mm-hmm. Like, just kill it. Will Chamberlain's record. So a guy named Wilt Chamberlain went <laughs> down last night. And the, speaking of broken records, we skipped right over the most important broken record of all time. Uh, Lemon Pepper Lou Williams became the all-time – well, he broke Del Curry's record of, of number of games played off the bench. It's like mm-hmm. 600, 985. So congrats, Lemon Pepper. Uh, somebody – one of the post-game shows was – I think it was the Hawks. They were like, Lou, I'm going to take you down to Magic City and get you all the lemon pepper wings you you want. We're going to go celebrate this this feat. Anyway, DeMar DeRozan, man, MVP candidate. I did not know DeMar DeRozan had this game in him. I had forgotten because he went down to San Antonio and just got buried by Greg Popovich. Like DeMar DeRozan didn't have a single game his entire career in San Antonio as good as any of his last seven in Chicago, really any of his games this season in Chicago, he's just been awesome. Yeah, well, it's because in San Antonio, he was asked to essentially play point guard, you know? So I think one year he had a career high in assists, averaging about seven per game. So they asked him to do some different things. Now he's in Chicago back in a position where he is primarily a scorer. Obviously, he can play make as evidenced by the six assists, but – He's been able to do operate more in the mid-range and drive him to the basket. And it's been incredible to watch. Like you it's it's crazy where teams know exactly what his spots are, where he's trying to go. It doesn't matter. Like he's still going to score and he's still going to do it in an efficient manner. So it's been great to watch him. It's been great to watch Kobe White kind of get his career rolling after up and down first two seasons. Um, so, yeah, the, the Bulls are definitely a, a team to watch in the Eastern Conference, and I like them as one of the favorites, personally. Dude, DeRozan does not shoot three-pointers. He really doesn't steal the ball. He's We've always dogged him out for not being a complete fantasy player. Oh, you can't draft him in, until the fifth round because he doesn't hit threes. He's number six overall right now at Basketball Monster. Like, that is amazing to me, and and it's really cool. Like, good for him. Um, now that's total value. That that that's looking at um, the fact he really doesn't miss. He hasn't missed any games either mm-hmm. on a, on a per game basis. Where it doesn't really matter if you play or not. He's twenty twenty one overall. So you, per game, still the fact that he's a almost a top twenty, top twenty five player is amazing. But if you add in the fact he doesn't miss games, he's number six, <laughs> and he's a guy who was drafted what sixth round probably maybe later i don't know that's incredible you mentioned kobe white too he's been awesome 31 points last night six triples uh third round player over the last couple weeks 
55% rostered in Yahoo, Roth. He might be sitting on some waiver wires. And until we see Alex Caruso or Lonzo Balligan, like Kobe White is a must-have fantasy player, I think. Yeah, no argument here. Let's talk about this because I know it's a hot topic over there on the um, on the comment board. They've been talking about this. Jared Vanderbilt. We need to talk about Jared Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Four points, three boards, four assists, one block, only played 18 minutes. Now, I wrote in Jaden McDaniel's blurb that the fact that Anthony Edwards was going to play on Wednesday night was going to hurt Jaden McDaniel's a little bit. And then Jaden McDaniel's played 30 minutes at 18.7 boards, a three and a block steal. Uh, McDaniel's has been scoring in double digits a lot in February. Uh, Vanderbilt has not been scoring in double digits hardly at all. I feel like these roles are starting to get reversed. Right now, McDaniels is 36% rostered. Vanderbilt's 60% rostered. If things don't turn around a month from now, I could see those numbers being reversed because Jaden McDaniels, to me, seems like he's really he's really starting to come on. Yeah, I think things are going to start to flip now be honest with you, um, because about a week ago, Chris Finch called out um, Vanderbilt for his defense, and that's pretty much the only reason why he's in the starting lineup, um, to help out defensively. So when that becomes an issue, that that's usually a telltale sign that you're in trouble. Like he's still starting, obviously, but McDaniels has managed to cut into his minutes. He's giving you a bit more offensively, while also defending at a decent decent level. So yeah, if McDaniels is on your waiver wire, you need to go ahead and pick that up. Pick him up immediately. My question is, do you drop Jared Vanderbilt to pick up Jaden McDaniels right now? Yes, I do. I would too. Now, Jonas last night was saying, don't give up on Vando yet. He's been, you know, top whatever player all year. But if you just look at the game logs, man, February, like Vanderbilt is just, trending down and Jade McDaniels is, is trending up. So I'm, I'm sort of with that too. Um, would you rather have Jade McDaniels or Isaiah Jackson? Oh, that's a good question. Obviously right now, McDaniels is the one who's healthy, but for rest of the season impact, I think I would go with Jackson personally. Okay. What about, what about Isaiah Jackson versus Alperin Shingun? No, that's Shingun. You're not going to get me there, man. <laughs> uh, actually i'm not trying to get you right, right. i'm just, just seeing what what where your head is at because th- those are pretty good questions i think mm-hmm. um let's blow through these real quick the Aaron fox monster line 33 points uh nine dimes two threes is he gonna ball out the rest of the season like do you think he's finally in a position where we can trust him like getting tyrese halliburton out there was that was that was that what he needed if you're a conspiracy theorist, you may wonder if Fox was sitting out ex- exclusively for this reason, you know, for them to get Halliburton out of there and he could show up as his final month of last season form. I think he is because, remember, they're, they're going all in for that play-in tournament spot. So they're going to need him and DeMontis Sabonis to, to be the primary guys until the end of the season. I think he's going to really show out here. You, you you get a little bit concerned at times with the percentages and the turnovers, but I think we're going to see what we saw from him the final month of last season now that they've kind of cleared things up at the point guard spot. 
you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist necessarily, Roth, but I think De'Aaron Fox was sitting out for those eight games mm-hmm. with a mildly sprained ankle, just chilling. <laughs> Sacramento's working the phones like, hey, mm-hmm. you, do you want De'Aaron Fox? Do you want De'Aaron Fox? Do you want Marvin Bagley? We got all these guys. We'll, we'll give you all of them. And the Pacers are like, uh, no, but is Tyrese Halliburton available? <laughs> well, sure, why not? Let, let, hold on. Hey, Vladdy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, – I just still cannot believe the Pacers got Tyrese Halliburton. Roth, do you happen to know his line off the top of your head? I don't think we have it written down to talk about, but we probably should. I'm pretty sure he put up another double-double last night. A monster, like 14 dimes, I think. Monster line. Um, Fifth, no, yeah, 21 points, five rebounds, 14 assists, one steal, one three-pointer. Four turnovers. He didn't shoot it well from the field, 6-17, but I don't care. that overall line, you don't really care about the field goal percentage. I do not care. Like, And did you see the letter that, that he wrote, the, the article that Tyrese Halberton wrote? I did not. You guys should Google that. Um, he wrote a story about mm-hmm. the day he got traded and how he found out, how he felt when he found out, who he talked to. All his boys came over and hung out with him afterwards. And like it's just a really well-written, cool story about how he felt when he was traded. Like he was he was devastated and he did not think like he thought it was a joke when he was told he was traded. He he didn't think it was possible. So it, it's a cool, cool thing to read. You guys should check that out. You know, my my bo- my boys in Indy were like, Man, we just got rid of Sabonis for this Halbert kid. That's what a what, how dumb are the Pacers? No, it's not dumb at all, man. Tyrese Halliburton is the man. Mm -hmm. And now he's got a chip on his shoulder. You know, now he's going to be like, we're going to go out and do this. And I think the Pacers are going to be good next year. Uh, John Morant, 44-5, three-pointer. I had Tyus Jones in my FanDuel lineup until the last minute. I saw John was playing. I I made some some last-minute adjustments there that didn't really work out. But uh, Mm -hmm. John is so good, man. I, I can't believe how good he is. 21 at 25 free throws are off. How do you get to the free throw line 25 times? That just goes to show you just how aggressive he is. Um, if you're Chauncey Billups, you may be wondering about the officiating and why they would send one man to the line 25 times. But it is what it is. And plus, Portland got out of there with a win, too. Anthony Simons continues to, uh, to mesmerize. And, yeah, he's going to be one of those fantasy stars – Come down to the stretch run here. Yeah, I blew right over uh, Anthony Simons on the list by accident, but uh, five triples, 31 points. Waiver wire pickup of the year. I You heard it here first about two months ago. Way to go, Anthony Simons. Way to come through in the clutch. Did you see – well, first of all, Gary Trent Jr. got back on track after a couple bad games. 30 points, five triples. Did you see what his father was wearing, Roth? Yes, that coat would make Walt Clyde Frazier proud. It, it was awesome. It was. I was going to bring up Walt Clyde Frazier as well. Um, and it was funny because I, I, we were playing trivia the other night, and my buddy came up. He's like, "Oh man, I've got. To, I found this picture at a thrift store. I wanted to bring in for you. Uh, I've never seen it before, but it's a guy like dressed like, in this total outrageous." You know, outfit in the seventies. He's wearing a hat. He's standing in front of like a Rolls Royce. I'm like. It's Clyde Frazier, man. I've seen that picture. Uh, Yeah. Gary Trent Sr., check out that coat if you guys haven't seen it. Thank you, Patrick Beverly, for lighting Gary Trent on fire last night because 
Pat Bev and Trent got into it before the opening tip and both got technical fouls before the game started. So that was that was a nice touch. And then Gary Trent came out and, what, didn't miss a shot for like 20 minutes. Lonnie Walker, Roth, kind of hot, right? 17 points last night, two three-pointers. Uh, scored 17 or more in three straight games. Devin Vassell, the night before last, the, the game before the last one was, was pretty bad. Uh, but he, he, I think he, he couldn't make a shot maybe, but he, he played well last night. So Lonnie Walker is only 8% rostered. Should he be, should he have um, higher rostership with Derek White now in Boston? I don't think so. And the reason why I say this is the, the lack of production in areas outside of points and rebounds. He had two assists and one block last night. And the defensive stats haven't been there at all this season. The assists really haven't been there either. So if the shot isn't falling, you're not going to get too much from him. So I think 8% right now is about right. Um, If he can show some more after the All-Star break in those other areas, then maybe you you go in on him in deeper leagues. But I think 8% is is fine right now. All right, Ralph. So last thing we're going to talk about, we'll answer a couple questions, I think. But Alexei Pokushevsky... My guy. Now, now, last week I was all in on him, right? And mm-hmm. Thursday of this show, I said, I'm picking up Pokashevsky. I'm playing him on Friday and Saturday. And then after that, all bets are off. But he went off on Friday and Saturday. Then he had a dud. He had 10 points, 10 boards, uh, four assists, and two blocks on Wednesday night. Now, it's funny because Jared, Jared and I, we don't text about Capella anymore, but he sends mm-hmm. me. Uh, Pokushevsky uh, stuff. We we text about Kelly Olynyk a lot. Lunch lady. We didn't talk about him. He went off last night, right? Yeah. He had a big game, yeah. so maybe he's finally ready to turn around. But then he texted me. He's like Poku, and I, I was so busy blurbing games, I didn't have time to look. And I was like, did he go off? And he's like, no, he's terrible. He didn't do anything. And then I, this morning, I see he has ten points, ten rebounds, and two blocks and two triples. I'm like. Dude, if you're expecting any any more than that out of Pokushevsky, you're crazy. So bottom line, long story short, if you picked up Poku last week uh, and you still have him, he's he's really come through, I would say, for a week now. Yeah, there's a risk there with Pokushevsky. Teo Maladon as well. But those two, Trey Mann, I think at this point, you might as well roll the dice on them because they're going to play plenty. They're good enough to be productive fancy players, but they aren't good enough to where they will like thoroughly ruin the Thunder's draft lottery position. So I don't think any of those guys is at risk of being shut down. So, yeah, I think all three of them I'd pick up right now. Isaiah Roby had a double-double last night with a full line. So you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel there, but there can be some good value to be had with some of those young Thunder players. Yeah, because the Thunder are are going to shut all the old guys down, and they're just going to roll these kids out there just like they do every year, mm-hmm. until they have twenty seven first round picks to choose from on their roster, and they're getting close. Yeah. And uh, by the way, we got I got to give Josh Giddy some props because mm-hmm. three triple doubles in a row, 16, 16 triple doubles this season, I think. And I mean, I've just been rolling him so hard in DFS. Talked about before. I'm sad I don't have him on any of my fantasy teams, but he is really, really going crazy. I hope the Thunder don't decide that he looks too good and and they pull the plug on him this year. But uh, 
he's young enough that they shouldn't do that. But SGA, SGA gets the plug pulled on him every every time it seems like. All right, here's a question from Filthy and Faded. By the way, I don't think we've heard from I Love Monorails today asking where Matt Stroud is. Um, makes me kind of sad. Jaden McDaniels, Roth, back to my back to my trade questions. Filthy and Faded wants to know Jaden McDaniels or Avisa Zubac the rest of the season. Ooh, that's a good question. I man, Zubac has been pretty good, man. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised at how how good he's been. Yeah, he doesn't give you a whole lot offensively, but I, I think I would go with Zubats personally. But it, it's close given how um, Jaden has played recently. Yeah, and I think it's it. Your personality trait probably plays into which one of those guys you want to own. If you're like mm-hmm. the conservative Matt Stroud type of guy, you're probably going to go with Zubach. Yeah, and and uh, play it safe. And if you're if you're me. Uh, you're gonna swing for the fences and, and roll totally roll the dice on the young guy and mm-hmm. go with Jaden McDaniels. We don't know what the right answer is until the season's over, though. So that that'll be interesting to see what happens there. But the bottom line is Jaden McDaniels is available in a lot of leagues, and there's a lot of interesting scenarios out there of which guy you'd rather have. Here we go. My favorite topic, Dave two nine two zero nine nine says, Draymond Green is a free agent in my league. Is he worth stashing now, or do I leave him out there for someone else? Ralph, I'm going to let mm-hmm. you go first on that one. Obviously, the part of the question depends on who else is on your roster that you would potentially drop, but I think I would stash him, you know, just blindly speaking. I think I would stash him um, just because of what he can give you, the defensive stats, the rebounding, and the assists. You know you're not going to get much scoring-wise, but – I think everything else that Draymond brings to the table, I would stash him, but hopefully he won't be out for too much longer. Well, my thing with Draymond Green is on a per game basis, he's sitting at like 70, top 75. Hmm. He's been out forever. He doesn't score any points. I, I don't know, man. I, I, yeah, I think it's too early. I don't want to sit on Draymond for any missed games, I guess is where I'm at. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna leave him on the waiver wire until I know when he's gonna come back because that update we got yesterday said he we'll have a new update once he starts practicing with the team. Hmm. He's gonna start practicing with the team at some point after the all-star break, but we don't know when. Yeah. I mean, you could be waiting, you could be waiting literally a month for Draymond, and I'm not I'm just not doing it. He can sit on the waiver wire <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. M. Nelson, 530, asks if you should stash Gordon Hayward. He's available in my league. I wouldn't. Has he been struggling even before the ankle injury? So, yeah, I would leave him alone personally. Yeah, and I really was not into uh, using him in FanDuel. He just hasn't been yeah, – he's, he's just been in, injured his whole career. Even though it feels like yesterday we were watching him play a butler, he's been in the league forever. Yeah like 12 seasons or whatever. Like I, I have a feeling Gordon Hayward is not that far from retirement. Do we need to talk about Kyrie Irving? Yeah. I wanted to get to this question. Um, and then we can, we can shut it down. It's a long question from Brian, but we're going to yeah. throw it up there. Uh, I tweeted you a few days ago about Kyrie. He plays at Toronto week 19, which he will likely miss. Then he goes one, two, one, one, two, our playoffs start week 21, 23. Should I just drop him now? And get someone like Cam Thomas 
Still hoping New York lifts the vaccine mandate. Uh, speaking of New York lifting the vaccine mandate, they talked to the governor yesterday, Eric Roberts, and he was like, "The mayor." Yeah, I mean, yeah. the mayor. Sorry, the mayor, Eric Roberts, and he was like, "Yeah, I don't think it's really fair that visiting players are allowed to come in here unvaccinated and play, but the home players can't." But I'm also leery of changing the rule because I don't want to set it, you know, send the wrong message. He, he, at least he's thinking about it. So uh, you never know. Maybe Kyrie can come back and play at home, but it's, as of now, he can't. The numbers that I rattled off, the one two one one two, are not good. Kyrie's just as big of a headache in fantasy as he is to his real life teammates. I don't know, Ralph. What do you What do you think? Wait, could you cut Kyrie Irving? I would have a very hard time um, making that move personally. I know the schedule doesn't look great, but. I think I would be more inclined to try to trade him personally yeah, instead of yeah. outright drop him, you know, because you can take the recent news and try to sell that to another manager and see what you see if you can kind of get them to bite. But I don't think you want to drop him outright personally. Well, and as far as we, I was talking earlier, like nobody trades anymore. Yeah. But if you offer up a Kyrie Irving for two young players that you like, you might be able to get somebody to bite on that. You could offer up Kyrie Irving for one young player. You could, you mm-hmm. could offer, would you, would you trade Kyrie Irving for Alperin Shengun right now, Ralph? Um, hmm. I don't know. I, I know do, she- I would do it. I would do it in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even think twice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't, I don't know if I do it for Shengun. Someone asked me to do it for OG and Anobi. Kyrie and OG for, for Pascal Siakam. Now I would do that. But I don't think I would trade Kyrie for Shingun straight up. I would trade Kyrie Irving for a 30-pack of Miller Lite and a bag of Doritos and Pokusheski right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> you would not trade Kyrie Irving to get Alfred Shingun back. You, you're going you're to take Kyrie in his one game a week versus all the potential that Alfred Shingun offers. I would need a little bit more. Okay. I love that answer. That and I like. That's cool. That I would do it. I would do it immediately. Um, you would not, and that that works, man. That that is that is good with me. That's that's what we call a debate. Oh, Brian says, Doc, that Kyrie for Shengun might be a stretch. Yeah, I don't think it is. I, agree I don't think. Her. I think Kyrie is going to do more damage than he's going to do good because you're going to have that empty spot just sitting there on your roster every time he doesn't play, which is going to be a lot. So. Hmm. All right, uh, I'll be back tomorrow on Friday with Jonas and Matt Straub with a P. We just call him Matt Straub for fun. Uh, Roth, you and I will be back here to do this again next Thursday. We've got the All-Star break coming up. we got a long weekend. Kids are out of school. My kid, anyway, is out on Friday and Monday. I would go um, to a beach somewhere, but I've got a big golf tournament on uh, Saturday, Roth. Not haven't told my wife about that yet. So. All right. <laughs> We're going to shut her down. Um, all right, guys. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for checking us out. And we will see you on the Round Ball Stew on Friday. Right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. 
Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.